Hello, my name's Archie and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. Joining me today is Chris Allen, Mark Lovell, Tom Kirk and very special guest, Woody. Thank you ever so much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very well, thank you, chaps. How are you doing? Yeah, fantastic. We've um, just come up off the back of a massive record a few days ago, so we're... um, we're a lot happier than we were then. Good thing you went on then. That was all a bit doom and gloom. So we're looking forward to a positive record today, aren't we, Mark Lovell? Uh, is that a question for me? Uh, I'm always yeah, positive. Yeah. You know, sixth place and all that. That sounded yeah. more like accusation than question, but yeah. <laughs> no, he, gen- he genuinely is the positive one, which is wow. bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> Tom Kirk, good evening to you. Hi, mate. Yeah, I've... Um... I've been happier, so I'm looking forward to this because I tried to cheer myself up earlier by watching videos of last season. Um, we might go a little bit further back that with uh, Woody's memories of Argo. And the other Chris. How are you doing? I've got my headband on. My vintage headband. Very with a bit of a mist- I've got, got a bit of a look at the 118 118s with the moustache like as well. Yeah. I think I used to have the matching wristband for that headband. No, it's a sore subject. God knows where they are, but yeah. Woody, could you give us a thirty-second intro, mate? Uh, well, so um, my name is well, my I, I was born Chris. Everyone calls me Woody because my surname is Wood, and imaginatively, uh, we stuck a Y on the end of it, and here we are. Uh, I play drums still in the uh, popular uh, UK indie combo pop combo uh, Bastille. Have done for the last thirteen years now. Um, wow. we do all right. Um, and a few number one albums, toured the world a few times, uh, played the Ho once. That was a career highlight. Um, and I've been indoctrinated as an Argyle fan since I could pretty much stand up by my dad uh, and his dad before him. Um, and I now have two sons of my own living in Brighton, and they do not quite fully appreciate the horrors that await them as their sporting lives kind of come herring into view and asking why they can't have some blue and white stripes like all their friends in school. Um, so are, are they Argyle you, preempt, you preempt a question yeah it's like I'm bringing yeah. up children in about 4,000 miles away from home park but encouraging them to be a fan like so well, you're, you're sticking I'm them to them... oh yeah 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 I'm, there is there is no negotiation well no there, there's there's um, there, there's choice I'm not a monster if they want to follow someone else that's fine but they can also go and get their own flat um, but, you know, <laughs> um, uh, no, I've 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 taken them. So I've taken my eldest to two, no, three games now. The first two he saw was we we won two one both times. First one was the Paul Mariner day against Ipswich, uh, sunny day in October, and it was glorious and uh, yeah, sold out home park. And um, my youngest blessing, I took him to. We lost. I think it was a two 0 to Morecambe last season at home like the one of the, the rare home defeats um was that and... Ipswich one was that Ipswich one Morgan Whitaker was that the season before season before right uh, we, we beat them twice 2-1 at the same time of year didn't we we did yeah 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 it's kind of slightly eerie but um, third time yeah. lucky you never know yeah so um yeah they yeah they're Argyle fans uh their birthdays are coming up imminently and both have asked for for Argyle kits so uh spoiler alert Hooray! I came through. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, they'll be all decked out. But I, I think they quite like standing out a little bit in the playground anyway, because there's, there's, as you can imagine, in Brighton, they're, they're flying at the minute. There's just a sea of Brighton yeah. shirts everywhere you go, and you just get this one, one or two little kids wandering around. Well, as was Ginsters or Project Thirty Five. Uh, yeah, nice to be Bond Timber wandering around uh, in the playground, looking slightly confused. I always thought so, like Brighton weren't a big club. I want to talk about Argyle, but like I, my memory of Brighton was they played at that. Um, Goldstone called or the Withy? No, the Withy. Yeah, and they didn't seem to have any fans. But then I was saying something the other day, and obviously they've got the Premier League. But they they give me hope because they didn't have thirty thousand fans, and now they do, and they comfortably turn out. Well, what's interesting is I've got quite a few. Again, this is an Argyle pod, but I guess it's relevant. Um, also, plus the whole fans reunited thing back in the day. Obviously, Argyle have got a, an eternal link to Brighton, sort of helping each other out, and they did the same for us. And was it a thousand or so fans came down to to Home Park and? Um, showed support, which yeah. was great. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a fair few Brighton fan friends here, and they, well, a lot of them say they they sort of regret going up. Obviously, they're they're flying now, but it was more enjoyable, I think, during the championship days in terms of the sort of atmosphere and the, all the crowd and the people that were there. Because now it's a little bit more tourist heavy, as you as you can imagine. If if Man City or Man U are in town, then um, yeah, you get a few more fair weathers coming through. But nah, I mean they're they're flying, but. As I keep telling everyone um, who asked me, like, yeah, but what's your Premier League team? It's like, I haven't got one. If Brighton do well, I'm pleased with my friends. If Brighton get mm. done 10-0, it does not change my mood for a second. I'll go lose 1-0. I want to smash the house up. Oh, you'll fit right in here then. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll aim to do this pod in kind of rough chronological order. And I'd like to start in the summer of 2003 huh. with, you, with you painting the steps at Home Park. How old yeah. would you have been then? Was that a summer job? Yes, I just just finished six four. Well, yeah, yeah, just finished school, so I went, I went to the, right. I went to DHS in Plymouth. Um, so I'd have been yeah, just turned eighteen. Right, and uh, yeah, obviously everyone holds aspirations to sign in for Argyle. I didn't realise it was going to be in this <laughs> grand maintenance department. Um, getting shouted at by a very angry man called Dave, who was instructing me on, on how to mix the right balance of sand and paint to paint the edges of the um, well, the grandstand and the Lindhurst and the Barn Park and the Dunport. Um. Yeah, it, job job satisfaction minimal. Other than you get to hang out at home park all day, um, but uh, yeah, that's the closest I've ever come to playing for. That must have been quite exciting though, because at the time, what was it, a two year old horseshoe? And you're kind of yeah, it's brand new. Yeah, behind the scenes access. Yeah, so that would have been the summer between promotions under Sturrock. Yeah, remember rightly. Sorry, three um, or four, we went up. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah. the other day, like we don't really do League League One, what's now League One. We don't stay there very long. We're either rapidly on the way down or rapidly on the way up. Like the sum total in the last 20 years, it's it's not our natural home. It's either we've got momentum and we go all the way up or, you know, times are harder. But that, uh, what's that, 0304? That would have been time similar to now, wouldn't it? Where you just turn up, Woody, and we'd probably win you'd got used to just walking through the door and uh, who we're going to beat today yeah you'd have had Paul Watton and Graham Coughlin just kind of kicking ass and taking names just smashing in bullet headers from corners um and David Frio running amok pretty much all I remember good old days. From, yeah back around then there's the state of the steps like just yellow paint <laughs> everywhere like you just can't get the staff these days mate. that's the issue yeah 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 <laughs> I just remember the smoke under the under the um, from people smoking because it wasn't long before the smoking ban came in. Good content, this. I just yeah. remember the thick cloud of smoke under the horseshoe 
But yeah, of course, David Frio, what a man. Yeah, but you know, smoking too. <laughs> Any days. I used, I used to That's work, where the smoke um, was coming from. Yeah, I used to work in pubs as well uh, around Plymouth when I just turned 18. Uh, I used to work at the Tamar. And I can remember clearly when the smoking ban came in. So when, when you, you went from kind of coming home absolutely humming the smoke to, yeah, I think some of the some of the guys' showers might need fixing at home. Uh, some of the personal <laughs> hygiene was possibly questionable. I think the smoke might have, might have hit a few a few a few sins on the that's side. A, <laughs> that's a boozer that still feels like two thousand and four or five, I must say, when you walk in. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not changed much in all fairness, but um, I mean, yeah, always always get a pint now. It's all right. Do you ever play the Cooperage? I did. God, that's going way back now. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the Cooperage is uh, a now defunct grassroots venue on the Barbican, uh, where my, my muse would have played there back in the day when they were unsigned. Uh, me and my bang average school band, uh, which was as at that time unnamed, played like a two or three song cover set on an open mic night just to sort of cut our teeth. Um, got to start somewhere. Mm. I'll just bring back memories of drinking bottles of K cider in the Cambridge, massively underage. (laughs) And um, I I once left false teeth in there. Maybe that's a story for another podcast. But um, are they they yours? I had to go back. They were mine. All my I I knocked all my teeth out when I was seven. And I went for a night out of the Cooperage, drank lots of K, and had to go back the next day and say, "Did anybody hand in any teeth?" (laughs) And and luckily they did. (laughs) Anyway, this is about you. I'll shut up. Well, um, well, with you being that age, Woody, I mean, that must have been amazing to experience like a real, you know, amazing era in our girls' history. 04, 05, 06, 07. Those away days, those games at home in the championship must have been amazing to experience in your early 20s. So my dad uh, often reflects on the fact that I got the full crash course of what it's like to be to be a green in the space of about <laughs> yeah. 10 years. So my first yeah. full season, we had a season ticket, me and dad and gran. We were sat in the Lindhurst, were we? No, family enclosure that season. Uh, that's the 93 94 season. Uh, Peter Shilton's nearly men. Um, and that was exciting. And then remember losing to Burnley in the playoffs and mm. crying going home. And obviously, then then the, I learned a, a new word the following season uh, relegation. And that was uh, an education, to say the least. And obviously yeah. the sort of subsequent mediocrity that followed, but then obviously the arrival of Paul Sturrock and uh, yeah, an absolute wonder period in the club's history. So yeah, so by the time yeah, I, I left for uni uh, the season we went up to the championship. So then when I was away, it was kind of just going to away games and what have you. Um, any any standouts? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so well, two. So one, we we beat Reading away two one. I think it's in like the ninety fourth minute, like a Steve Adams. Yeah. Like, Absolute oh, daisy Nick, cut Nick, three yards. Nick Chadwick, wasn't it? Or have I got that right? It was, it was, yes, you're right, you're right. You're, yes, yeah. It, yeah it, it, Nick Chadwick, sorry, I was thinking of Steve Adams equalising against Luton last minute, which I was there for that as well. Um, but then, so that was great. And obviously, me and dad just kind of sat in the car park feeling very smug. Um, I got the sort of full sense of kind of gallows humour that you get with, with football fans when we were away at Birmingham. That was the season they, they basically smashed the league. They had Nicholas Bentner on loan. Uh, they they were beating us three 0 after about half an hour, and then the entire away end just starts singing, "Let's pretend we scored a goal," and then we'll get that throw in, and the entire away end, about three thousand fans, just explode, start throwing seats, everything, pints a lot. Um, I think even the players stopped just to see what the hell we were doing. But I mean, yeah, 
Uh, I think yeah, those those sorts of things you wouldn't you wouldn't get at a, a Man U or a Chelsea. I don't think. No, Roy we. I'm, I'm assuming it's not an admission of guilt there. Oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and where where were you going to university, Woody? Uh, I went to a music college in Guildford, who will remain nameless. But um, yeah, it was. I, I met some good people there. Let's just say that. Right. Uh, I, I met our our now producer for Bastille. Uh, oh, wow. and, still, and still dear friend Mark Crew there, um, which that that panned out obviously because if we hadn't met there, yeah. then I don't know how this whole thing would have would have panned out. But um, so yes, yeah, so I moved from Devon to Surrey, which was a culture shock to say the least. Uh, going out to the bar, bar for the first time, asking for three Stellas. Uh, barman replied, "That's fifteen quid." It's like now, nah, mate. I said three, not nine, and uh, <laughs> apparently he had, he had not misheard me. So uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting to say the least. Do you still is get it? that now, like in a green room in Japan? Like price of this? How much? You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be paying this in the Tamar. Is that well? Quite yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah certain places around the world that will certainly be certainly be quite open for that. Uh, like like Scandinavia, especially. Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely stick to sparkling water. I think if you if you're going going that way, it's about fifteen quid a beer. Um, I'm not even exaggerating. Crikey, Woody, mate, this. This question extends to uni as much as like the uh, your job now, whether it be your band or the music industry. Or are you one of those fans? Because I am. Who like, I'll force my argyle love on anyone, whether they want to hear it or not. Have you always been yeah. that person? Have you tried to get it in subtle? Yeah. So my well, if I, I was greedy. I had two best men when I got married, but one of them uh, is a big burly lad from South Africa. Who uh, he's a housemate of mine in London. So, which, so I subsequently moved up, up to London after uni. And um, I was the one token pom um, in a house show with six boys from South Africa. So I was just getting abused daily when it was rugby or cricket on. Uh, <laughs> they, they did teach me how to barbecue or braai, as they would say. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of a, a reciprocal thing. So I'm, I'm now a, the Tal Sharks rugby fan uh, in exchange for Keith, Keith Moore. He's his name. God bless him. Uh, he is a, a long suffering Argyle fan. Uh, well, actually, well, no, part part suffering. Although the season we met was 2010, so we were sort of, you know, back to go out of the championship and careering towards administration. But, you know, never a dull day. No. So then, around 2010, things kind of start falling into place with you in the band, right? You guys form. Yeah. And a year so, later, year later, you're signed. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, it from the outside in, it looks that way. Um, so I met Dan, our singer and songwriter, and um we i met him in 2008 because i was broke and my right. dad had the idea but basically i was i was working temp jobs in the day and the music by night and living sort of two two lives at once and that was kind of not sustainable or very mm-hmm. fun uh so dad was like you need to figure out a way of making money from music if you're going to do this um and he hit on, the, hit on the idea of sort of like teaching drums um which is, I'm, I'm, I'm all right at playing drums it turns out and we did about a thousand flyers around Wimbledon, where I lived at the time. I uh, got three phone calls, two about lessons, and one from this weird kid who lived about three roads down, uh, and that was Dan. So he was playing by himself at, at that point, doing sort of weird um, avant-garde sort of loop pedal things. And he's like, well, I, I need a drummer. And phoned me up thinking I was, I was going to be some old boy with a beard who could recommend him like a student. Mm. He's like, well, no, mate, I'm 21. Like, I'll, I'll play for you happily. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just met him in a pub and then we sort of played around for like two years, like under his name, like, uh, like without playing any sort of Bastille songs because they didn't exist at that point. 
But we picked up Will along the way, our bass player. And in fact, where he, we were kind of like Spinal Tap, except it wasn't the drummers exploding, it was bass players. I think Will was our seventh bass player, but he finally stuck. And then we picked up Kyle at a house party. And he basically, we were going around for ages, like, right, we've got these new sort of poppier songs. Dan had gone away, written like what were the, the original Bastille songs. And we felt we were like at, like at least one one member light. So we basically needed someone to either play guitar or play keys or do a bit of production stuff. And that happened to be Kyle. Uh, he was the only person who called us back. So, uh, wow. yeah, more fool <laughs> everyone else who uh, ignored our calls. And then yeah, so so we, he, he was your bundu, basically. Yeah, pretty like much. The, yeah, the, the only one, the only <laughs> one that, that returned the call at the end of a long summer. He's probably about as tall as well, actually. In all fairness. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we had basically done all the sort of groundwork for the band, like in the sort of pre, pre Bastille time. So then we, yeah, we formed in, in 2010, but we hit the ground running because then we knew agents and bookers and right. pluggers and what have you. So it sort of appeared like we came out of nowhere, but we'd sort of done the sort of groundwork the sort of previous two years. And then, yeah, we toured, like borrowed our friends' mum's people carrier because we didn't have a van or couldn't afford one and slept on friends of friends' floors or like distant relatives, like kitchen floors and stuff. Um, did that for about a year and we got yeah, picked up by uh, what was then uh, Virgin Records under EMI, uh, Christmas of 2011. And then, yeah, that's when the fun, fun, fun really started. That's quite, quite the story. And as that's going on, Argyle are falling to bits. Yeah, quite literally. It's I'm not, I'm, I'm not really. saying I, I like. I made some sort of like voodoo blood pact or anything, to, <laughs> but as a trade-off. But you know, I mean, the the timings would marry up if that was yeah. suggested. Got a picture yeah. of Tommy Tyne in, in your loft, getting older exactly, whilst yeah. you're getting better. Um, <laughs> did you prefer it if you go back to your Brighton analogy? And I guess a lot of us feel the same about Argyle. Was there still a part of you that misses touring in a van and sleeping on the floor compared to the Premier League of touring or? Oh no, I'm an absolute tart. I'm I'm more than happy. <laughs> like, well, like, so basically now, because of the, the position that we're fortunate enough to be in, we have like crew. I mean, I've got this magic drum kit that will just disassemble and reassemble itself every day. I haven't got to do anything. It's just always there. Um, possibly the crew help with that one. And we've got tour managers. Like, so you can basically be a baby for a space of six weeks where you're, you're told where to go, told when to eat. haven't got to think. Just go there, hit that drum for a bit, go bed. Um, well, I've I've got it, a story now, which is which fits perfectly to this. In gosh, I don't know which year of university it was in in Aberdeen. I went to see Two Door Cinema Club at the Music Hall, quite a nice old venue in the centre of Aberdeen, which is not quite a nice city. Wait, what, lovely, what lovely country. Twenty thirteen. Ah, I can, I, I can probably guess who the uh, opening band was. You can, yeah, you can. Um, and it was really, really quite packed. Like it was. It was rammed in there. And I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of you guys until kind of a few days before. And you kind of Googled, you know, who, who's Bastille. And you had, you, had, you had a lot of views on YouTube. And I, this is like 10 years ago. And you guys seem to be ahead of the game, so to say, on, on that front of kind of really building up this online army of fans. I think everyone who doesn't understand the music industry or kind of works within it always thinks like, or always asks the question like, what was the one turning point that changed your career? It's mm. like, well, there was probably about 30 really minor little points that gradually sort of lined up, lined up, lined up. Yeah. Um, and part of that was, in fact, so the, the YouTube thing, interesting, it was um, a girl from Plymouth called Kate McGill, who's quite a well-known YouTuber, um, amazing singer and songwriter and what have you. 
Um, and before we signed a record deal or anything, she came across our song Floors and did a cover of that. And pretty much overnight, that sort of like really poured sort of like fuel on the fire for our sort of social numbers and YouTube views and that sort right. of thing. Um, but that was that was that was like one sort of element of it. But also, when you end up doing these tours, if you're on the way up, um, it's quite ha- well, it, well, that bit's quite fun actually. You, you say sort of harking back to the earlier days when you're on the upward trajectory, you say you you'll book something I don't know six to nine months in advance. So by the time you get to that point, you could probably sell out the next level up again. So mm. each time you're doing it, it's like you're sort of working your way up, working your way up, um, sort of like kind of honing your craft on like bigger and bigger stages. Um, and it's also feels quite exciting because it's like it's quite a hot ticket. Everyone's trying to get in. Um, it's just quite it's quite buzzy. So yeah, so yeah, when you saw us, uh, yeah, that 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 two door tour was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I can remember why now I'm bringing it up uh, because you went off stage and then literally I don't know ten seconds later you all came back on to pack down. <laughs> yeah, I suddenly remember Dan coming back on stage, and he just had his hood up, and it took me a, realize, a minute to realize it was him. Um, I mean, you actually very, really, lo- very, you, very you, low key. witness history there, seeing Dan Smith move some gear. So yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah that was um, crikey, ten years ago. And then yeah, your album came out not long after that, and you guys exploded, right? Yeah, so that well, that would have been what January, I guess, January, February, because it was just yeah, before the album yeah, came out, yeah, and the album came out. Um, no one gave us a prayer about it doing anything. Um, and then the midweeks come out. Uh, sorry, the, the um, midweek charts. And it's like, oh, we're number one by quite a distance. And no no one has seen wow. it coming. Um, and then, yeah, we... <laughs> so we, we, we yeah, we're, we're number one by the end of the week. And then we were doing our own headline tour as well, just after two-door. And then... The following week, we then flew to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, which is like a sort of big music festival. Uh, and that was reality kind of kick us in the face again, because it's just a, it's literally us, us four in the band, our front of house guy, Coop, um, and our then tour manager, Sam. And yeah, everyone's just like, who the, who the hell are y'all? Just <laughs> no, one, no one cared, no one knew. So yeah, it went, went from absolute kings of the world to back down to the bottom rung again. Like not in Aberdeen you anymore. Played, um, you played the pavilions around about then because you, you. I'm picking up on something you said there, mate, which was um, about how when things are booked in advance based on how you are, and if you had quite a rapid rise in stock when your first album came out. Yeah, we and did. I went, I went to that pavilion show, and the reason I remember that is I don't. I've been to a lot of concerts, but I don't think I've ever seen the band who's currently number one. Whilst whilst they're number one in concert, and I'm pretty sure that was the case when you played the pavilions. That pavilions would have been 2014, so you, you would have been following. Yeah, so the yeah that yeah like 2014 was the year that sort of that really sent us because then that's when Pompeii did its thing around the world. We spent half yeah. the year in America and just literally chasing the song like all over the globe, um, several times over. And so that was like a, a real crazy period. But yeah, so doing doing pavilions for me was a as you can imagine being from Plymouth was a massive bucket list item, and obviously going out on stage, Argyle shirt, getting everyone singing Green Army at the end. All that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that I, was, my, that my low grade version of that is putting on Semper Fidelis in dive bar jukeboxes. Um, <laughs> as close as I get to trying to do that. And in that, so in that stage in the US, following Argyle would have been check the internet, right? It wasn't quite teletext territory, but it would have been it just go online and see what the score was, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like Twitter and its pomp, but pretty much at that point. Um, so, yeah, it was. God, yeah, show me AJ. That's that's pre-Instagram, or just 
Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Have you ever checked a score during a performance? Yeah, I've done worse. I've had, we were, what was it? <laughs> no, here we go. I've had, I've, had, I've had the game on my phone, like on the floor, like under my drum <laughs> stool. So I'm sort of, sort of playing away and just sort of looking down, just keeping line the scores. Um, <laughs> and also, was it the, the Cricket World Cup final 2019? We were, we were on stage during that. And was it had, had my tour manager. So um, when we're on stage, we all wear these like in-ear headphones, which then we all get our own sort of personalized mix of what you want to hear. So like, I want to hear like more drums, a bit of my voice, whatever. But then I also had the tour manager basically kind of giving me a sort of ball by ball update. I can multitask. That's, that's what I'm saying. It, it must have been a good time to kind of, you're saying you went around the world chasing a song and you guys exploded. I mean, it was a good time to be away from home park. Things weren't, we'd recovered at that point, Argyle, but it was pretty dull, wasn't it? That 2014, 13 kind of Sheridan era. Yeah. Um, you weren't I missing mean, a lot. No, but I mean, in all fairness, he, he, he did a job for us, whether you kind of. He did. He certainly did. Like him, we love him. Um, and uh, I mean, I still every time like I went home, obviously Christmas time or like in between gigs, I would I would try and get to like other other away games. Or, I mean, I'd see probably average, well, even like nothing like I do now, probably three or four games a season. Um, in fact, that season, I remember uh, as our first time on Soccer AM as well. And uh, I I don't know if I'm technically the only person to ever have worn an Argyle shirt and held the FA Cup at the same time. I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna claim that because yeah the the FA Cup was a, a special guest that day. I've I've got a I've got a horrendous photo of myself wearing the FA wearing an Argyle shirt with the FA Cup. There was a replica, so I don't know if it counts. Yeah, well, there's two very massive and very angry looking security guards just kind of peering over me the whole time. <laughs> well, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. Yeah, drop that boy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, in 2014, there's something I'd like to pick up on. You had the privilege of I don't know if it's called work. Um, doing co-coms alongside the late, truly great um, mm. Sparksy. So, Gordon. Yeah, that must have been a hell of an experience. As I'm real. So, I cannot stress enough just how good he was. Like, people won't appreciate. I, I think it's probably a bit of bias from the, the BBC or whatever, but if it hadn't been for such a strong regional accent, I think he'd have been hosting, like, uh, Five Live Sports stuff for decades. I mean, he was a quality broadcaster. Um, his ability to sort of juggle like what's going on in the game whilst the studio's chatting away in his ear simultaneously without even like missing a beat and mm. he would he was very generous as a sort of commentator so then he was sort of basically underarm like really easy points to me which would make me sound miles more informed than i really am so yeah he would yeah basically do, do like three three jobs at once which is call the game deal with the studio and make his partner in crime like look look half decent as well um and do it pretty effortlessly as well um, but yeah, he's he's, you, he's 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 um he's very sorely missed. Yeah, here, you, you here, guys... here, mate. Friend, friend with uh, friends with a few of us here. Um, yeah, I mean, not many, not many clubs, mate. Is the one of their club legends and non-player? You know, I mean... yeah, exactly, quite. <laughs> and so um, and, well, I, and also, um, so the first time I did it with him was away at Dagenham. Uh, he came and says League Two. He came and picked me up. So just kind of just literally gassing away like all the way down there. Um, but also the, I think this sort of highlights just how um, misunderstood I think sort of like, 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 like low league football clubs are. Because so me, me and Sparksy were sat literally opposite Dagenham's ground in a cafe. I'm in full Argyle colours. Bunch of Dagenham fans come in. They, they all literally just come and sit with us, just start chatting. It's like, how's it going, boys? Like, what's your team like? Who do we watch out for? That sort of thing. Just proper football fans. 
and it's kind of like, well, after five o'clock, wish you all the best the rest of the season, sort of thing. And um, yeah, I think not enough people appreciate that side of football, especially like in the sort of lower leagues. Like people are just genuine sports fans, not not hooligans looking to smash the place up or each other. Yeah, I mean, how was it just doing comms? Because I can't imagine it. I struggle enough doing this. Like I really can't imagine how it must. So- to do live radio if you're sat with your mates in the pub everyone's full of opinions it's like oh you should be doing this but try and do it without without swearing without saying um (laughs) repeating yourself too much (laughs) and saying something fairly informed and concise while you've also got the studio in your ear saying we're going to cut to commercial to the the break in 20 seconds so you try and time your ending as well it's um and at Dagenham and Redbridge I can't imagine the facilities were they were perfectly fine there's a Cup of tea and a pie at halftime was it was all good. <laughs> were you were, were you doing stuff at Argyle? Because back then they wasn't it, you still had the really really cramped little commentary room. Yeah, um, I did it out there as well. I mean, to say room would be quite generous. I think <laughs> borrowed shed kind of borrowed perspex shed. They, they sort of yeah. Yeah, fucked up there. Uh, yeah, it's a, a lot more cozy now. I think. Um, but yes, yeah, so that yeah. was yeah yeah I did that a couple of times as well up there. And and also got 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 very very well acquainted with Sparks. He's infamous uh, pillar as well that he hated. There was there's like a pillar that always blocked his view for a certain part part of the barn park end. Um, and I can confirm it was an absolute pain in the ass. <laughs> was it? Did you get to see some good games doing comps? Was there any, or was there any horror shows? Uh, this is one we lost at home to Exeter. Uh, oh, that wasn't great. Uh, was that the JPT or the the? No, that's that's the league. One? It's a league. Lost uh, in the league. Yeah. Eric that, Adams was twice to them home and away. That would be that oh, season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's either 2 1 or 3 2. It was, yeah, painful. But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see it. Well, we beat Dagenham, the one I the one I saw. I think we beat, beat them 2 1. Uh, I think Ruben Reed scored one. Can't remember the, whoever's got the, got, got the other one, but. Um, yeah, just just doing it is like a sort of like a massive privilege, and um, actually also massive shout out to Chris Arrington as well because he's literally typing. It's, it's like match report whilst also doing summarising as well. Like I've seen him do it before. Like I don't know how you can begin to do that. Um, well, yeah, some serious talent on on the on display. As an Argyle fan, that must just you must be kind of in dreamland to a certain point until they point the mic at you and you're realising <laughs> you have to have to say something. But it must be incredible access that you got. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, well, I tell you what, the, the the biggest privilege I've had as far as that sort of thing goes was the end of the season before last. We were away at Gillingham. We won there for the first time in like 30 odd years. Um, and I was going to go with a mate. Uh, in fact, yeah, uh, a fellow drummer, Piers Hewitt, who's uh, in the amazing band called Boxer Rebellion, but he's also a long suffering South End fan. Uh, he's the sort of South End answer to me, basically. Um, so I was the, the the plan was I was going to go with him to see Southend in the National League on the Friday night, and then we were going to go together to see Gillingham the next day. Um, but uh, the roof blew off the, the Southend's ground, so that was cancelled. And then he had COVID the next day, so then he couldn't come. So I basically went on my own to Gillingham, and uh, I uh, I know Ryan Hardy and a few of the players to speak to. So I sort of gave, like, I gave him a shout like, "Do you want to meet for coffee or something before the game?" He's like, "I'll come and." So it's uh, what was it? No, um, not coffee. Come and sit in on the on the uh, pre-match, which was amazing. And then I ended up sitting for most of the game next to Neil Jewsnip, who's obviously our goal director of football. And he's just the font of all knowledge. So when you see him like on the radio, so, so he he'd be sat in the stand, radioing down to the bench, like 
um, mm. tell Danny Mayer to push up 10 yards or whatever. Da, da, da. We just kind of sit next to him and say, I find like why we're doing certain things, what the plan is. It's just, obviously we're all casual fans, but when you see someone who actually really knows what they're talking about, it's like, oh, that like so many things that you always kind of worry, like, 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 like wondered about it suddenly make more sense. Like my dad's big question was always like, why is it at kickoff? We always pass it back and then lump it forward into the corner for a throw in. It's like, well, the numbers would um, say that we're more likely to retrieve possession there in their territory rather than us pass it back to ourselves and then put, like almost put ourselves in, into um, trouble. So again, there's like so many mm. little things that we think, oh, that's bloody rubbish. It's like, no, that was very much intentional. The um, That season, 2014, or is it, have I got my dates wrong? The Sheridan era. I, I have really fond memories of the Wickham playoff uh, semis, which were a defeat, mate. They were two defeats. Crushing perhaps that perhaps that illustrates where we are as a club. That one of my genuine highlights as a fan was being in that stadium three 0 down at home, and then everyone, everyone pulls and, their phones out with the uh, the lights. Yeah, 20, I think twenty fifteen. It's fifteen. Yeah, I think it's Sheridan's bit, last game at home. It's a bit of a myth, isn't it, when people say you suck the ball into the net? But I can honestly say that the crowd scored those two goals quite literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen. And you were were you there for that one banging the drum? If have I got my facts I, right I there? Was, I was banging the drum at the away game, the first leg when we was like five two or something we lost. Um and yeah, the home support were very vocal in what they thought of me playing a drum, but I'll I'll keep it PG. Um <laughs> so yeah, I did it for that one and then to Charlie, who's the usual drummer. I think he did he did, did the home game. Um like we've yeah we've um since uh, in fact I've got to give a big big shout out to British Drum Company who make my drums. They very kindly donated um the new drum that's now in the in the in the um, Devonport end because um I was getting a few oh. messages online saying oh the drum's broken needs fixing I bet Woody's got a spare because like, I just gives a minute and then yeah I asked Keith and the crew up so they're they're um based up in Stockport um just gonna ask them like could you sort us out like a like a drum like with the like Ar- 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 Argyle decal and they're like. Yeah, if like if you pay pay the postage, we'll we'll do it for you, which is amazing. So um, wow. yeah, big love to British Drum Company. Incredible. And now they've got a free plug on a podcast with about twelve listeners. Like wow. they, they're they're very <laughs> grateful for that. Marketing one hundred and one. Don't you worry. Spread the word. Woody, where's the best place you've ever had a pasty that's not Plymouth or on tour? Oh, or is I, that not a question? I'll tell you the worst. Yeah, that's sorry. What am I doing? I'm from Plymouth. What's the worst pasty you've ever had when not in Plymouth? Arizona. There is a company. You what? Cornish, the Cornish, yeah, exactly. You what? The Cornish <laughs> pasty company in I want to say Phoenix, Arizona, who I will shout out as the worst pasty I've ever had in my life. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was like the sort of bastardized son of a gone-off subway, <laughs> where like the sort of like BMT filling, like loads of different sandwich meats, just shoved into a like a really soggy pasty is like if that's not a declaration of war i don't know what it is I, I, I what's, the, what's the market research on the demand for that someone just thinks you know sod new york where i might get sort of you know at least on mass some demand i'm just gonna put a pasty shop in arizona i can only imagine it must have been like someone went traveling in the 70s had a pasty once and that was their sort of like really twisted memory of it about 40 years later and like i think it's a bit like that that'll do I mean, surprised to have a customer. Well, they say, "Hey, we don't get nobody in here." <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> just yeah. It was yeah, it was dreadful. Absolutely. To appalling. keep it to keep it kind of Bastille focus for a minute, and sorry, yeah, sorry. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> right, mate. You want to fault. talk about? 
to talk. Yeah, Chris does that about every 10 minutes or so. He throws in a curveball. Um, 2014, you guys are touring the world and you play a New Year's festival in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand. Yeah. And I was there. Oh, were you? Yeah. I was there with my brother. Um, and he, I think I'm getting this right. He won tickets. It was very New Zealand kind of, you know, won tickets on the radio. And we went down for it, about a six hour drive from Christchurch. I remember thinking, like, because oh, I knew you were going to, I obviously knew you guys were playing there. You were the big draw. Yeah, huge draw for that festival. And, um, but yeah, I remember, th- how, do, how do I tell a drummer that I also support Argyle? I still didn't, couldn't figure out a way of doing it. I mean, but and that must have been a unique place to play for you. It was, yeah. We've, we've done New Zealand a handful of times. So that was what, Rhythm and Vines Festival, I think it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. God, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 2014. So that was, um, that's Matt. Yeah, that was the sort of the t- towards the tail end of the absolute manic phase that was that first album period. No, um, yeah. So we've been like multiple US chat shows and tours, and uh, we were back to go to South America after that as well, doing Australia and New Zealand for the first time. Um, <laughs> we um, I won't I won't say which airline because I don't want to get sued, but uh, there was um a a Chinese airline that we took. The first time I went to Australia, and it's possibly the worst airline I've ever been on in my life. Um, to the point where everything was inedible. Uh, There's no sleep for twelve hours. Uh, we, we we flew via somewhere random, but yeah, finally reached Sydney. I I, I literally kissed the ground. I could not believe I was <laughs> out of that flying hellish tin can. You were craving uh, for a pasty from Arizona. Yeah, right. Yeah, at that point, I'd have eaten ten of them. <laughs> just to make it stop uh, so again to f- keep it with the band in 2016 then you released your second album and that also does great yeah number one it's as well not, not, not a flash in the pan thankfully yeah well that 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 phase weirdly it's probably my my favorite because that that was sort of affirmed that like oh this might be some sort of a career rather than just like mm. you say a flash in the pan mm. back, back to painting steps in, in two years time yeah. Um <laughs> and yes, yeah, yeah. so that was yeah, so that, that that that's when we sort of I guess kind of found our current level now. So like get getting to do things like the O2 in London, which I mean well, obviously I'm a Plymouth boy, but we are a, like very much a sort of London band. We 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 came up and played pretty much like every venue in the town. So um only thing left now is Webley Stadium, but that might be a bit of a stretch for most bands. Well, uh, there's a, there's a good link, Wembley Stadium, twenty sixteen. Any memories? 2016 when we said, uh yeah well <laughs> yeah, grim, <laughs> grim ones um i mean i think i think wimbledon turned up we 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 didn't really turn up i don't think as i, as I recall yeah, am i right in saying dan from the band is a wimbledon fan yeah twice a season if they play us and he, and he, wants, he wants to be aggy <laughs> uh oh dear no nah, i mean he's, he's he's from wimbledon but right okay I mean, but it's not but, it's but not his parents are both south african so it's, it's, it's not even a a long-running okay. family thing. It's just more of a matter of a convenience, just to be a complete troll to me. I think. Was Was anyone else here at, uh, at Wembley that day? Yeah, I was at Wembley. Yeah, uh-huh. I remember reading, reading on the train home with my brother at the, at the program. The average position of a playoff losing finalist is like seventeenth the following season. So that tells you what what a great job that Derek did to get us up the following season after that. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, that then, was that. You know, that was horrendous. Yeah, and then let's not let's not even talk about the last time we were at, we were at Wembley either. That was um, 
Yeah. I don't know which is. I don't know what was more depressing because the 2016 one, it felt like the world had ended. And I remember waiting in whatever station for my sleeper train to go out to Aberdeen, and I was really tight at the time, so I had to buy the seat. You can't. I can't. And I can't at all. I can't really sleep in a seat. Right. I just sat there in this seat on the Caledonian sleeper, whatever it's called. Ironically, you don't sleep on the Caledonian sleeper, and it was just so grim. And you went past Wembley and they had the Ugh. arch all lit up in Wimbledon colours. It was just. It was horrendous, but unlike unlike the Pizza Cup, we had about seventy minutes where it was it was rubbish, but we weren't losing. Whereas this year we had about but, yeah, twenty sixteen was soul destroying. The Pizza Cup was just a diverting ninety minutes in the middle of a big drinking session for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the, yeah no, was... one of them was crushing defeat. One of them was that's a shame. I don't like, know. I felt. I don't know. Spectrum. I don't know. If I was saying. I don't know if I'll say uh, this was a shame at the time. At we uh, we watched, uh, Chris, uh, Mark, and I watched it together. Um, yeah, I think it was the performance was really awful, but it was cushioned by the fact actually we didn't care that much. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we'd all definitely ra- rather have promotion over the Pizza Cup. <laughs> yeah, they, they it, it got them to do the business, didn't it? Pushed them. Can't complain. And then, all right, we're kind of racing through here and going back in time from the Pizza Cup this year. 2019, you release an album called Doom Days yep. one month after we get relegated. It's also the year before COVID as well. So you really yeah. were. Yeah. Prophetic, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yeah, I promise the next album is going to be called Everything's Fine, Absolutely Cruel, Gravy, Don't Worry. Um, <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah, right. um, yeah. That, yeah. <sighs> I've got a question about that. Somebody who's not in the music business. Yes. Um, Woody. Um, my guess is you, you're talking about a band. You're a band now that lots of people clearly know who you are. Archie's there, seen you a couple of times. Do, is that era over? Because I feel like now it's because music is consumed so differently. It's almost impossible to have a single reference point as well. Like you, you, me and you are the same age. It would have been what we heard on the radio, even if our tastes have like, matured since we still have a bias to what we listen yeah. to and what our mates listen to and like y- you were probably at the very end of the era where that was a thing where you know that people would listen to a certain radio station so yes so yeah uh so two points to take from that so one is we in a sort of indiana jones sneaking under the door grabbing your hat at the last possible second we're one of the last few acts that um it meant record sales equals ticket sales um, where that model's now completely changed now, where there's, there's, there's artists that... I mean, I do a whole, whole bunch of kind of co-writing, co-producing for other people and with and with, with other people. Um, and you see that, say, Axe will say stream like crazy, but can't sell 100 tickets, which back in the day, it, it literally, like, one would have been sort of intertwined with the, with, with the other. So we're really fortunate on that front that we've kind of built a pretty sizable fan base and have been able, able to maintain it. Um and had probably the biggest crowd at Reading last year as well, uh, or close to it. So people still care, which is great. But also, um, we are a bit of an, an anomaly in that. Well, ever since day one, we've always had quite a broad kind of kind of demographic. So you would sort of get kind of crazed teenagers on the front row jumping around. Then behind that, you get a sort of pretty like student sort of lad element. And then the sort of age range has kind of increased as you go further back. So we would kind of have quite a broad appeal, uh, thankfully. We're very, very grateful for that. Um, but subsequently, 
just because like Pompeii is still still doing the doing the business on TikTok and people are discovering us for the first time, um, or it's like say like younger siblings of people that saw us originally, um, or even some some parents now are taking kids. Um, so like we've been out on on the road for like six months this year, well and last year we were out for like a full album cycle, but it the 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 front row looks unchanged. It's so it's just sort of constantly regenerating. So it's still kind of 15, 16 year olds going nuts down the front. Um, which is like amazingly gratifying for us, um, and feel very fortunate. Yeah, like 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 sometimes you're sort of pigeonholed in a certain time period, and then everyone kind of ages together, I guess. Um, so yeah, we we get to be kind of Peter Pan a little bit longer. As a song, though, that's it's kind of ahead of its time, right? Because it's like that ten second riff is TikTok ready before TikTok existed. But like I put it on this morning in the car for my kids, and they both instantly recognised it, and they would have been picking it up through TikTok. But then it's like, yeah, I, I, again, like people run with it and do daft things. Like, was it like, like someone crowbarred a guy from a Korean TV show or something, just saying emotional damage repeatedly over the stuff, which makes <laughs> no sense. But that's been viewed millions of times for what reason I could not tell you. But um, I'm I'm very glad that it has. It seems very PRS friendly, mate. As a as a tune, I must say, it, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd like to just ask you, you. I mean, you mentioned Reading. I'd like to ask you about a few of your band highlights we don't don't doesn't have to have any argyle reference at all for some reason i got this image of you guys at glastonbury on the pyramid stage 2019 yeah i don't yeah and did you have quite a, you had a huge i felt like you had a lot of people on stage that's the kind of image i've got in my head so that was and it was quite era which we right. i mean when we do big big headline shows we'll often pull in some some mates just to make it more fun so right. we'd add a six-piece choir with us um well Two of her, well, um, one of whom, Sanab, she's been like my mate since uni, and mm-hmm. then we sort of went off did our other thing. She's she's toured the world with a bunch of people, and then we did this thing called Reorchestrated, which, um, as the name might suggest, we basically took all our songs and they were reorchestrated, both like an orchestra and a choir, and then we get, we get introduced on emails like, oh, this is the choir arranger we've been rec- we've been recommended. It's like meet Sanab. I was like, no way that you. As in, yeah, really? it's, it's a really really small world, so. Uh, she put together an amazing sort of bunch of people who, I mean, like we're all still friends with now, and we'll we'll often pull out if they're available and willing uh, for bigger shows. So yeah, we had a yeah, six-piece choir and probably a f- three horn players as well. I think probably charging around at some point. Um, yeah, just bring a bunch of mates with you, have a bit of fun. Um, that's class, though. That must have been amazing, right? Oh god, yeah. I mean, like we've been really fortunate. We've we've played near enough every festival in the world um, other than like extreme metal ones mm-hmm. um although we have done rock and ring a few times which is quite fun uh but yeah like glasgow is it is the best festival in the world there's there's no mm-hmm. atmosphere like it no vibe like it and yeah we've kind of worked our way up that one as well so yeah to kind of do that and like the field was just absolutely rammed um well wow. kind of felt like otherworldly also weirdly when you asked earlier about like do you miss the sort of earlier days i swear it's more nerve-wracking playing to like a small room full of people where you can see the whites of everyone's eyes versus mm. like just swarming mass of humanity in front of you which doesn't yeah it's just it, 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 it looks like a, a fever dream or something it doesn't doesn't feel real incredible i mean our our, our chairman simon hallett took shoey there this year didn't he basically he did yeah <laughs> wonder went wonder what went on there i think that's where the Morgan day, Britain uh, deal was broke shangri-la at five in the morning yeah be, be, be unreal <laughs> Cost him a million quid. It did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. And then the, 
last year then you released your most recent album yeah which had had a bit like yeah you were saying a bit more positive the album title right give me the future yeah um which i mean i, mean, I guess that's open to it too. I mean, it's, it's def- definitely less bleak than doom days so you know we're yeah <laughs> sort of gradually turning the 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 ship around no um, and yeah that was uh that was recorded through covid i mean uh, well i don't know if you're going to be releasing the footage of this or not but um i'm currently sat in the in my studio at home um where the back garden used to be is now a drum studio um so yeah i did i did the drums for that in here um wow. so it's a very yeah it's a very weird album it's not as if we all kind of got together and did it it's kind of everyone's doing bits remotely and having to like email it across and get a lot better at home recording um and mark our producer i mentioned earlier um definitely had his work cut out trying to pull all of our DIY nonsense together, but I think he did a pretty good job. Um, doing it on um, doing loops and stuff is that not as fun as when you're in a room together? I mean, like, you might do that f- for all your albums, mate. I don't know, but it feels like being in a band is more of a communal thing. You want to be around and feel the people around you. Is it, I mean, it's it's definitely more fun being being together. So, like when we, I mean, although when we did Bad Blood, the first album, we all had like day jobs and stuff at the time. So it was kind of we would pop in for like an hour on a lunch break or something just to knock something out quickly, then off you go again, or just that was a bit, a bit more sort of patchwork. Um, whereas, yeah, like like Wild World, the second one, we were we kind of went to um, this place in Bermondsey, Maloko Studios, which is like one of the best drum rooms like in London, and just kind of got to go there which, and basically do the band thing, just dick around for ages, like play with different drums, different old school amps and synths, and just actually lean into being a band rather than my lunch break finishes in 10 minutes, I've got to run. Um hmm. So yeah, so this time, yeah, so doing it this way, it's kind of born out of necessity, but also we very much didn't want to make an album where it's the, like the world's all stopped and we're all locked away and it's miserable. I think we'd all rather just kind of forget about that ever happened to be fair. And I mean, you've probably been asked this loads, but how was it then having that experience of you know lockdown recording, of then releasing this album last year, and being able to tour and so, you know, I've, go around I've, the world because that must have been amazing. Yeah, oh god, yeah. I mean, because there was a period where, well, I think all of us, we're all, everyone had different lockdown experiences, but yeah, um, our sort of careers and lives were very much based around people being able to assemble in yeah. large groups in tightly packed spaces, uh, which was yeah. not ideal with COVID. So we just didn't know if and when that was going to come back, um, if at all, because yeah, we just didn't mm. didn't, have, didn't didn't have a crystal ball. So yeah, to get to kind of get it back again, I, I think I probably not that we were ever jaded as such, but it definitely made us like a lot more grateful, I think, for what we sort of had and have now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember. I mean, just personally, I remember. It sounds a bit traumatic, but maybe not think I'd never go back to our girl. But you're thinking, like you say, when when is it? I can't see that time happening. And then yeah. we went back in. Oh, my girlfriend and I, we went back in October. Crikey, when is it? Twenty one October. That Bolton game when the heavens opened. Yeah, and it was just the most amazing thing. Like to go back, and it was like this is just flipping ace, you know. To go back to home park, and our guy were great. The weather was crap, but it was quite. It was one of the most emotional games I've been to, you know. Well, even and like she still, talks, she still talks about it. She's not a football fan, but she was like, "Yeah, that was a really lovely moment for us." So for you guys, my link here is tenuous, but for you guys as a band, when that's your living, that's your kind of life, then to re, you know, go around the world, it must have been incredible. Yeah. Well, also that that that, that Bolton game is that the one where like. Ryan Broom basically kind of yeah. did the <laughs> front crawl. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's corner. Um, 
yeah i mean it was i mean also just things like so our, our first gig back was at um latitude i think it was 2021 mm-hmm. and it's just kind of going back to me like oh my god there's a tour bus there's a portaloo there's a harris yeah. dancing i missed all yeah. you guys um yeah. yeah it was just but also it was kind of very strange having been told everyone stay well apart for the best, like best part of 18 <laughs> months to forty thousand people just smashed together in the field it's like well, I, I guess covid's done then <laughs> um, yeah that was a bit surreal yeah, i know exactly i know exactly what you meant it did feel odd being back in home park and it was rammed it was um for, you know it was, it was a it was a lovely lovely moment have you um right coming to the present day have you managed to get back much of late yeah i went and saw my first game of the season in person last week which was uh us losing to mill that was that was fun uh that she went down went went down for one night i mean just gotten back from uh six weeks well uh, well six weeks in the US but we've been away pretty much since since March on and off. Um so obviously very keen to see the informed greens take on Millwall who had gotten done I think three 0 by Swansea the, like three days before. Um mm. I I, I sort of chatting to my dad about it afterwards and I I wasn't so down on the whole thing because we played well. I think that was basically the team getting a lesson in what is the championship where Millwall was super no. act, super organized and just waited and waited and waited and then basically just just, just hurt us twice. Um quite literally with the second goal. That 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 really hurt from the looks of it with the old elbow to the throat. Um third one on Saturday as well if you watch it back. I don't know if anybody's done yeah, that yeah. yet. But the third one someone got completely poleaxed in injury side. Yeah, I know, but it's I'm I'm not worried. We've shown we've got players that can compete at this at this level and sure he's really good and you're just gonna have to sort of stick with it for a bit. Um I think we'll comfortably finish around sort of fifteenth, fourteenth and then we'll then we'll then we'll kick on and build. Um find out which players can kind of cut it. Um but it'd be interesting to see if Mike Cooper comes back or not as well because I think Connor Hazard's done brilliantly so far for us, put off some monster saves. Um I think he'll feel hard done by if he gets dropped anytime soon. Yeah, you're very level headed. Um I was going to say, we, Archie, can we just, we, can we just we, get rid of our two hours of podcast and just, just put that <laughs> two-minute clip of Woody in and just put the rest in the bin? Yeah, I mean, it, it got a bit heated. Well, no, it didn't get heated, but, you know, alarm bells were being rung as we recorded after Millwall and then after um, Swansea. Yeah, but it's just, it's a championship. It's like, it's the, it's the league where literally anyone can beat anyone. As, as we all know, we've, we've been here before. <laughs> um, mm. And we have got a really good team. And we, and we, and we play well. And we are we are going to hurt uh, hurt other teams. So I'm we're not we're not shambolic. It's just a couple of times I make make sort of silly mistakes. Mm. Um, so just kind of cut them out. I think I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I I mean, how do you feel like? I'm apart from the football because I'm still a bit cut up about Saturday. <laughs> I'm really enjoying. It feels like quite refreshing, a refreshing Argyle experience because I feel like I've seen Shrewsbury away a hundred times in the last 10 yeah. years and Burton and all these kind of teams there's no disrespect to them but I, we have literally kind of been playing them for 10 years straight yeah um it. So, so yeah quite literally so I'm quite it feels I can't think of another word other than refreshing to see us going to new grounds bigger grounds bigger teams um yeah I'm, I'm quite enjoying that it feels like a new era yeah it does and I just hope that we can hang on to Shuey for a while to come yet, and mm. also just just patience. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm very much guilty of it at times as well. But I feel like the home crowd is too quick to turn on the players sometimes. Like one misplaced pass and everyone groans, and it's just like just 
bit more positivity, I think would go a long way to kind of help 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 the cause. And I think we just we we need patience. Like we are going to be on the end of a couple of spankings this season, but then we're also going to yeah. definitely dish out a few bloody noses too, a la Norwich six two. <clears throat> they need to get they need to get Mark Lovell in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, question and Woody, where do you normally sit, or are you in the director's box? I am for years. Me, me, dad, and gran sat pretty much on the halfway line in the Lindhurst at the back, like block 15. Uh, no, no, block block seven or eight. But now, um, me and dad have got a season ticket, um, Devonport end, like, um, in the corner. Um, I mean, I much prefer it. I mean, obviously. Corporate's very nice. You get well fed and looked after, but I think especially taking the the the, the kids now as well, I kind of want them to actually see what it's all about. Mm. Um, with some yeah, pretty pretty choice language and some pretty confusing opinions <laughs> flying around you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it when we were, we were away at Portsmouth under Derek Adams? Uh, I think we had Remy Matthews in goal. Like we lost like three 0 and these two blokes behind me got into a near punch up. Because like, here the manager's bloody rubbish. Got to get rid of him. Who should bloody well get then? Harry Redknapp. He'll do, won't he? It's like, who's bloody? <laughs> just like ten minutes, just screaming at each other. It's like, lads, just shut up. Oh, I, was, I, was, I thought that, I thought that was going to be an amazing away day story then, because Derek Adams at Portsmouth at Fratton Park, he kind of terrorised them. He was a pantomime yeah. villain for years, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, ag, wasn't it? Yeah. And there was a clip going around the other day of that amazing game playoff. I mean, both legs are amazing, weren't they? But the first leg at Fratton Park, where it was yeah. all getting really IG but IG really early on, and Derek is giving it all that, and then Jimmy or Matt goes and scores like an, I can get a bicycle kick of sorts. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seconds later, and Paul Cook has just got like a face of thunder. It's fantastic. Woody's got a song called Send Them Off, and I've, <laughs> I'm sure there's a clip on YouTube where they chose that song to do like the highlight reel at the end. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. That was a great, that was a great, that was, I mean, we don't get enough of that now. I, I love a good old manager punch up. You don't see it enough. Just yeah, those two. I'm... Sorry. Oh, uh, just because I'm an absolute puerile child. Um, <laughs> my, um, so we, we, when the band was first kind of, when we first got signed, we were basically doing the rounds of like different media bits and bobs and you get you get taken to these, these events sometimes like oh this is uh the sort of sky sports team and the people who, who do music and basically you just try and schmooze them so that hopefully they'll play your songs more um and i got a hold of one of the cricket guys and we were due to play south africa in the cricket and bear in mind my aforementioned best man being from sa i was like the next time England beat south africa can you please just just use bastille stuff just to soundtrack the highlights of the packages, and they and they, and they did. So um, yeah, England absolutely spanked them, and they just get the dulcet tones of Pompeii in the background. Whilst, um, <laughs> Alistair Cook's dispatching uh, Dale Stain over, over, over the boundary. Um, so but yeah, this is football. Um, actually, say what <laughs> mentioning sort of media stuff as well. So we I say plugging away for years, um, telling friends like, on Facebook and whatever. Um, I'll come to our gig. Blah, blah, blah. Some people just kind of largely ignored it until. We had a song on FIFA 13, and all of a sudden my phone just lit up. It was like, "Hey, mate, didn't realize you've been a proper band, and now you're on FIFA now. Bloody hell!" It's like, <laughs> <laughs> pause, put number one album out, all that sort of stuff. No, 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 FIFA. That's the, that's what. People what song did you have on FIFA 13? Uh, we had "Wait a Living Part 2. Right, uh, which is I a- remember that. Yeah, yeah. 
contract. Yep. And then on FIFA <laughs> 16, we had to send them off. Uh, or 17. And then we had, another, we had another one called Hang In the following year. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think we've been, we've been on three FIFAs. I can picture playing, you know, when the game's loading and you have like, you yep. play one guy. I can picture the way of living going on in the background as, you know, whatever you're messing around with Rooney, whether it would have been back then as the game was loading. But it was really telling when we're doing sort of festivals where people didn't like didn't necessarily know the album. Like it would always get like a reaction for like one or two of the singles, and then that one people would go, "Oh, really?" Was Jeff on around? I used to use the FIFA soundtrack for ages just to be, be more pretentious with music than 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 I than I was. So if somebody say, "What are you listening to?" and I really wanted them to think that I wasn't listening to the same stuff from five years ago, I'd go, "Oh, have you ever heard of Blood Orange?" and, yeah. uh, and <laughs> And you go, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite? And I'm like, uh, I know one song. Um, yeah. I love Little Sims. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, which funny, I, I actually do. Um, sorry, yeah, I, I digress. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, football and music and all that sort of thing. Oh, no, actually, sorry, I'm, I would digress further uh, with football and media. Uh, the nearest I have ever gotten to playing or scoring for Argo was Soccer AM, Devon Derby Day. I think it was 2014, where Ruben Re got his hat trick. And uh, it's the one time I've scored on Soccer AM. And if anyone's really bored, I've got it pinned on my Instagram still. Uh, <laughs> smashed it in the Premier League hole. Um, and then ran off pointing to the Green Army on my back. Um, but what I, what I didn't realise was there was a whole pub full of Argyle fans in Walkabout and Exeter watching that. And then someone sent me a video, basically like everyone just like raining beer because Argyle scored, inverted commas, on, on, on telly. Um, so yeah, that's the nearest I'll ever get to scoring for Argyle. <laughs> um, we'll take a wee break soon but there's something I want to ask you Home Park, I mean we've had a bit of a revamp and we're now doing we've now got Take That coming I mean speaking yeah. of bucket list um, things to do yeah. how, much, how, much, how much do you want to go to that concert? No, how, how much would you like to play? <laughs> how, much would, how much would you like to play at Home Park? I mean that must be right up there I would love to play there um, it's a discussion that's come up before and maybe more recently, um, but there, there's a lot of things to line up for that to happen. Right. Um, never say never. Hmm. I'll say it. Um, the, the the sort of main thing that's prohibited it so far is that there's only a three week window in the year that they can do it, where the pitch is getting relayed and they can bring in hmm. prizes and whatnot, uh, hmm. which is also peak festival season. Uh, right. So, yeah. And there's like it's very boring, but you get these kind of clauses where. Uh, you can't play within a certain radius of a festival within a certain time period, blah, 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 blah. Um, And as much as I would love to play to the, to to the uh, converted, um, I think management took the view that probably, yeah, playing Glastonbury or something is a bit more important. Um, now, it feels like a feels like a tough, tough deal to do, mate. You know, like when we're sat as football fans, like get the get it done, sign that player, get it done, and then yeah. you know what we're actually doing is that's the drummer of a band, and because the drummer and the chairman of the club want it done, then everybody else has got to drop what they're doing and get it done. <laughs> so, I mean, never say never. It's um, yeah, it's it's a I'd say an an ongoing discussion. Um, yeah, Muse did it. Yeah, any local? Yeah, I mean, although Muse count Muse counts local. Thanks, so. uh, Excellent, mate. I mean, Excellent, mate. Well, Tim, um, although Chris is no. actually a massive Rotherham fan, other two, other two couldn't give a shit about football. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, close enough. Yeah, take it. I mean, yeah, if we could do it, I mean, all the boys like know as well, like I, I like how much I want to do it. So if it's basically if if it's possible, 
yeah. then then we'll make it happen. But it's uh, it's definitely not for like want of trying or you know, there's there's so many boring. Logistics. Yeah, yeah. And um, you so you you played on uh, down at the hoe. Yes, uh, MTV Crashes Festival. Right. Uh, was that 2018? Gosh. Yeah, I think it was. Um, that must have been a moment. That was that. I mean, because I mean, I remember going to see like way back, way back when, like the sort of Radio One Big Weekend festivals yeah. up on there. Um, and obviously, like it's the hoe, like the most iconic part of the city, pretty much, mm. um, and probably probably the best 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 sea view in the country as well. Um, so yeah, to do that. I mean that's pretty much neck and neck with Home Park. I mean, so Home Park would, would would just edge it as far as bucket list like sort of locations go. But yeah, to do the hoe, uh, have my grandparents as well, like side of stage watching. Who nice. they're very supportive, um, and um, yeah, I think they yeah to kind of see what we do up close. I think was kind of eye opening and a bit confusing at the same time. But yeah, they had a <laughs> they had a good time. That's been a lovely moment. Um, all right, I think we'll take a wee. Pause there. We we breath. Um, we've got a quiz coming up, and that usually takes about thirty minutes of off air time to uh, get ahead around the quiz question. And Mark's leading it this week, so no worries. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back in a bit. Hello, just to give you a quick heads up about the quiz, which is coming your way. It is long, it is epic, and it's quite frankly bonkers at times. Um, yeah, you have been warned. And I've had an absolute nightmare, I'll be honest with you. It's uh, I've had a shocking showing in this quiz. Uh, I'll definitely be returning to Quizmaster duties next week because um, yeah, clearly not cut out for this. Anyway, enjoy. And it's a, yeah, like I said, it's a long one. Anyway, over to you, Mark. Chris, this has been, uh, Woody, this has been great. We'd like to um, round it off with a quiz, yeah? I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I, um, I think I explained it earlier, but... For Archie, we have to do it a little bit slowly, slow, slowlier. <laughs> I was struggling to keep up. <laughs> so, hang on, hang on. For the record, Woody, I'm usually doing the quizzes, right? And half of it is quiz content, and the other half is me explaining the rules to Chris and Mark. And Mark <laughs> wants, honestly, it's a joke. So, Mark now taking the mic is. I'm not having that. Anyway, rant over. Back to you. back to you, Mark. Well, the quiz this week is a game that I used to play with my Argyle supporting mates. We played it as a drinking game, and it goes as follows. So you have to think of any Argyle player, anyone to have represented Argyle, any name, and. So we'll have a practice, okay? But so I will start with with David Frio, okay? So the the next person will have to um start with an F with the Christian name. Right, okay. Christian name. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. So anyone want to jump in for the listener? Ready I don't want to I don't want to waste an answer. Freddie Osaka. Freddie Osaka. So, Chris, is that an I? Is that an I? Yeah. Yeah. Ian Stonebridge. Yeah. Ian Stonebridge. We're getting there. Have we found Chris? We found. Oh, we found Chris's niche, haven't we? What I would say for the listener, um, if it's a double letter, for example, our most famous ever striker, that goes back in the different direction. So, 
Tommy exactly. Tynan reverses like Uno. Yeah, exactly. So we need to fix on an order. I reckon I start, yeah. and I, I suggest yeah. we have one life each, just just for Archie. Yeah. One additional life is that this <laughs> right? Let's go. I'm so all the names that we've just mentioned, we can use in in the real go. Yeah, let's try and. It takes all sorts, doesn't it? Like some of these people can name like the full squad from nineteen sixty one, but can't work out the alphabet. <laughs> I know who I'd rather be. <laughs> um, right, Mark. All right, let's go. Cue music. So. Here we go. David Frio. Freddie Osaka. Ian Stonebridge. So I've got S. Yeah. No stalling. Sally. Sally. Sally? Sally? Storrock, Storrock? S. That's the worst. S. Think no, of a name beginning with S. Then an Argyle player. Sam Cosgrove. There we go. He let you off on that. Carl game. Fletcher. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Mark, is it not you? Sure go. Are you just ref? Oh, right. Freddy Lababo. Lababo. <laughs> <laughs> Tom uh, L. L. Uh, Lee Hodges. Ooh. H. H. L. Uh, I've got one. Uh... H. Broke his leg pre-season. Mark was there. Oh. Goalkeeper on from Wolves. Har- it's, it's fault, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Harry uh hmm. God. I'm gonna lose a life here. Must be another H. That's In hard. that case that would be a wrong. Um Hasney Al Joffrey. There you go. Oh, oh. Al Joffrey. A A A. Come on, I can do this. Alan. Is there an Alan? Must be an Alan. <laughs> Alan. Um, far out, come on. Hey. Akos Pizaki. Oh, lovely. Barry Hale. He's my, fa- he's my favourite Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Chris. I cut- Barry Hales. Mark has H. Oh, bloody hell. Don't like H's. <laughs> Gonna have to lose a life. Got him. So is that you out or you, you get? Hang on, you hang on. On your own quiz, Mark. It's... Um, I thought you'd accept. We doing timers or what? I think we might. You should do a timer. You should do a timer. Harry Goldsworthy. I mean, is that a thing? That made up. You made him up. He was groundsman at Tavistock, but what? <laughs> <laughs> That's got me a life, surely. That's it's a life. life. Sorry, H is a difficult. That's the top. You get. You can get. You can do H as well. No, you can start. Like we'll start a new round. You can. Yeah, any, any, like. any, any, any. Oh, but I've oh, got okay. like. I could pick any Three letter. Here. Yeah. Uh, Two shots. Oh, ending with Z. That'd be great. I've got one of them. It'd be really mean to say Peter Harmosi to you, Willie, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be, it'd be pretty hard. <laughs> it would be a, be a be a yeah. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, Sylvan Ebanks Blake. That would, that? E. that would be an E. That would be an E. That would be an E. Oh, come on. Uh, You're in the face, Marsh. E. E? I'm going to lose a life here. Emmanuel. Uh, e. The man. Um... 
It's Woody's go, so save your... Uh, oh, I've just got one as well. Have you? Yeah. Oh, you Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm... Uh, Do you know where... Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. He was a... I'll give you a clue. He was uh, one of our record earners. He, he loved Viagra. He played... Yeah. He played for Belgium. He was quality. Oh, um, Chris Allen. <laughs> oh, I... Oh, I can't remember his name. I know exactly who it is. Belgium oh. played for Schalke, Hamburg. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, anyone scored that wonder strike on his debut? Enza, Enza, Enza. It was literally his first kick of the game as well. Yeah, as well, yeah. Hell of a strike that was. Oh, I can't remember his flipping name. Um, what about uh, Heskey? Heskey. <laughs> Heskey's the clue. No, but yeah, first, the, same similar person. Christian name. Oh, um, Elion and Penza. Yeah. Oh. She's okay. still losing life because it's okay. M. Oh, Mark. Got M. Okay. Mark. Come on, I can do this. Mark. Oh, Mentioned him earlier, right back. Yeah, there's oh. a few right backs. Few quality right backs you could use. Edworthy. There you go. Oh, That's another E. You give, you give me E. Yeah, but you just <laughs> said one. Um, Chris. Ernie Machin. Exactly. Quality midfielder used to play for us in Coventry. There you go. When? Oh, in the 70s. 60s, 50s? Yeah. No, definitely. Late 60s, 70s. Anybody, you can say anything pre-1980. When does this end? When we all run out of lives. Oh, yeah. So, Mark, you've got <laughs> <laughs> I'm on doggy life. Thousand players to play for Argo. All right. Let's go for... Oh, uh, Mark's favourite left-back, Peter Gilbert. Mm. Uh, Gary Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Oh, S again. <laughs> I'm not having the S is hard, Archie. An absolute brain fart there if you can't think of anything. You've had Cosgrove. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah, duplications, you lose a life. Sorry. My favourite midfielder, 23 goals, 1994. Yeah, I've forgotten his name. Steve Adams. Stevie Adams. Stevie. He did not score 23 goals. Adrian Burroughs. Oh, lovely. What is happening to Chris Allen? I don't get it. It's Andy Morrison. Andy. No, no B. Burrows. Hang on, you got B. Hey? Yeah. You got B. Is that a second yellow? Oh, no, Adrian Burrows. Sorry. I'm, I'm... Well, I'm going back to you with this one, Chris. Brian Basson. Barrington Belgrave. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good. Hey, that's good, Chris. <laughs> Eat it. Right. Oh, blood. No. Um, Barrington Belgrave. <laughs> oh, um, it's Barry. That's the thing, is it? Barrington Belgrave it sounds like a fast show character to a fake it. advert. Someone, someone help me out here. Do a do a poor man, Sean Mike Phillips. Yeah, but it was a guy in, in the administration <laughs> period. He was full back, went to Charlton. Nah, I'm thinking of uh, Bonds, Bonds in Gala. Oh yeah, mm. N. Is that N? N. N. Gala. Yeah. Ooh, come on! You're having a real. I got one. Worst, worst goalkeeper I've ever had. Dropped the ball in his net twice inside three games. Ninety-five. He's got blonde hair. Well, I'm, I'm interested to know who that is, but I'm going to go with Niall Ennis to keep it moving. Uh, oh, Nicky oh, Hammond. Bloody ease. Oh, Hammond. yeah. Hammond. 
he was absolutely atrocious. I'm back on the easy again. God's sake. Uh... Rock and roll lifestyle. Back on the ease. There <laughs> <laughs> um... was a there was a guy uh, who came on loan from. He played for. He was like a lower league striker, and he came on loan to us. Uh, oh, I don't know who his you first mean. name is E. Yeah, Loney. Did his name begin with E? It does. <laughs> no. It does. I hope it does. Lower league striker came on. Oh. I'm gonna have to uh, take it, take it, take a yellow for the team. I'll take a yellow for the team. Well, so I can I, I can say anything now. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Enoch Schwimney, by the way. Oh, Enoch! Oh, obviously, obviously. Oh, what a guy! I forgot about him. What a guy! <laughs> oh, he... <laughs> this right. is a reflection on how like 2011 to 2015 wasn't great when. Like, it wasn't that long ago, but people will just say a name of a player. I'm like, did they play for us? And they tend to they be probably like, good, like two goals. Um, Bo I hope I'm saying this right. Bojan Jordic. Yeah. Jordic. So what's that? Yeah. got? A D. That's a D. Mm. We haven't need these yet. No. David Frio. Really there you go. Don't we say Frio? I started with that one. We started with Frio. Yellow. Uh, um, yellow. Is that? Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Is that yellow? Yeah. David Norris. Oh, what a guy. And former Argo goalkeeper. Neil Hard. Hard. Did you Hard. say? Hard. Oh, God, H. Bet he had a tr bit of trouble at school with that surname. Good luck with that one, Tom. What was the goal? Uh, somebody said about the goalie. Yeah, I don't the think he ever played. He never played. He never oh, played that one. That would be you just could give me the wrong answer. Literally never played. Um, H. Oh goodness. Um, Think of types of accident you can have. Not a car. Not a plane. Oh god. <laughs> Helicopter. What's that? Called? No, on the water. Oh, is that Emil and Penza again that we're talking about? No, boat. On the water. The H. The H has got to be the first name, right? Yeah. So, at type of accident. I've got, I've got it. I've got it. Derek Adams, low knee, midfield. Oh, um, yeah. What? Beginning with H? Yeah. He's, he's, he shares the same second name as a Bayern Munich centre-back. Oh, and the type yeah, of accent. Aaron, Aaron Boateng. There you yeah, go. That is, that, that's your Christmas and birthday, Tom. There you go. <laughs> uh, ben Parrington. Ooh. Hey, Peter Capaldi. Huh? That is, that is oh, not that's not for who? It's that's the second time it's happened. <laughs> Good actor. That's a red card. Oh, that's a yellow. That's my first yellow. Oh, straight red for that. Disgrace. <laughs> oh, I was so Stands confident. Up. So confident. Peter Capaldi. It was t Chris put that in my mind three weeks ago. So Chris oh, gets a free go, is he? But now it's my fault. Peter, you meant you gave Peter Capaldi as an answer a few weeks ago. It was, yeah. I'll go back into the. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a week Yeah. Peter C. Capaldi. There's loads. In fact, there's a there's a double C you can throw back. Preferably a not not a Doctor Who actor. Canadian, late nineties. Is it me? Whose go is it? That's what we're clarifying. Is it oh Carlo Corazon? Yeah. 
That's back at you. Right, actually. Back to you. With C. Yeah. yeah. Don't say Callum. Chris Errington. Ca- Ca- have a play. <laughs> <laughs> who is the Doctor Who actor the bald bloke uh, Eccleston Christopher Eccleston could keep that thing going but uh, Callum Burton could that be um, Brian McGlinchey mm. in. In. oh Marino <laughs> Keith yeah okay Keith Allen former Argo player used to play cricket for Plimstock hello Keith Hello, Keith. <laughs> well, I got like, A. I'm going to take your word. Alan Nichols. Yeah. Mm. N and game. We've had a lot of N's, haven't we? Mm. Not enough. And we said a lot. We said that strike. Right, we did you, don't, you don't know. Nathan, I've got it. Nathan Blackstock. It was no, Dexter. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think you're out. I think you've got. Yeah. Uh, it, you're out. Oh. You don't know anyone's name. Oh. <laughs> oh. Woody, really, really confident. Right, sudden death, sudden death. Uh, Otherwise, it'll be a pre hit. Uh, Chris Zabrowski. Oh, <laughs> that's, tough. that's tough. Yes. Fantastic. I think we can I'm officially crown Woody, Woody the, uh, the winner now. Yeah, I think I've been, I think I've checked, mate, isn't it? We had him, had him on loan from Bristol City, defender. Oh, Zach Viner. Yes. Yes. Mark, great got game V. V, yeah. Oh, I got Vernon Penpraise was a former uh, Southwest Plymouth boxer, but uh, he never played for Argyle. Ex ex Juventus striker. Juventus. Oh, us. Vincent Pericard saw him score a hat trick at Argyle against Coventry. Yeah, Vincent Pericard. Thanks, Archie. You're welcome. See, I'm quite good at this game, and it's not my turn. <laughs> he and no one said Argyle's most. No, no, second most appeared player ever. Club yeah, legend. No, nah, well. <laughs> Double P. P. Local lad. Paul Wooden. Here you go. W for you, Archie. Archie's out. I'm here. Oh, right. W for Woody. Thanks. Um, we got a minute. Uh, w... it's, this has got to be last round now. Yeah, surely. Yeah, nearly Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> My ball. I'm going home. <laughs> I've got one for you, Woody. It's a, I mean, he played in that era with Shilton. He's now a United Man United youth team coach. Um, oh, W. What what position? He played midfield. I think we signed him from some northern team. Um, he was a midfielder. He didn't do Mark, that well. Just to clarify, that's every club. Every club ever. <laughs> um, oh Christ! Wait, that's your will. No, well, that would be a, another good answer. Oh, I'm done. Uh, Just say Wayne Burnett. Ah, oh, Wayne Burnett. Right. Is that, is that it, Mark? <laughs> it's Tom's go, isn't it? Oh, Christ. <laughs> uh, what have I got to be? Next double wins, I think. Oh, that's... <laughs> it be? Barrington Belgrave, that was great. You got B. Oh, I've got another one for you. Eat it. What a double, a double B. Oh, double B. Uh, double B would win. I've got a B. I've got a normal B. I've got a double B. 
I've got one, Tom, if you want. Go on, I'll take not, a yellow. Not a double B, but Barry Hales. I didn't but I get a free you. I get a free shot oh, now, any any name. Yeah, yeah go on. Right. Jeff Crudgington, my former Tavistock Cricket Club partner. Also a decent goalkeeper. Oh, I got so Did you see how excited I got? Then you realised Timar's K, isn't it? Um, you send it back with uh, centre back. Went on to play for Watford for years. Mm. Oh my god, that would win it. It would, yeah. it? If I yeah. said Clark Carlisle. Nope. No, but he never played for our girl. Never played for us. <laughs> oh. oh, I know. Northern Irish played plays at Watford. Yeah, years. but Chris ain't going to say him, so he says. There's, isn't there a bloke that played for Argyle under Sturrock second time round? Scottish, CC played for Aberdeen, blonde. I just like, Chris is yeah, out, so well, when he says it now, he he, uh, he takes the crown. Oh, Chris, I've gifted that, that to you. Craig Cathcart, that oh. as well. Yeah, Chris Clark. Well, Chris Clark was my one. Oh. Not Clark Kyle Al. Uh, <laughs> Mark, I think I'm going to say thank you. That was epic. That was. Um... You might need to do a bit of editing there, but yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you... <laughs> yeah that's, that's my week taken care of. Thank you ever so much. All right, um, I think we'll leave things there. Yeah, Woody, it's been a pleasure. Thank you ever so much. Cheers, boys. Um, keep smiling. Stay positive, everyone. We'll be absolutely fine. And then promote it next year. I'll try and you remind it, them. You had it here first. I'll try and remind them. I keep telling I keep telling them top six, we're gonna do it, but they won't listen. <laughs> um Tom, Mark, Chris, thank you ever so much. Thank you. Cool. Dear gents. Hi right, boys. All right. Uh thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you very soon. Until then, take it easy. I had Jake Jervis in my mind for ages, but I was a bit optimistic. Don't we all, Tom? Don't we all? <laughs> Love you, Jake. Every day. Took my, took my parking space, man. But okay.